Well, good morning, church, and happy 50th birthday, White River. I'm glad you guys could be with us. If uh, you're new to us today, uh, my name is Lance Stockton, and I get the extreme privilege to be the campus pastor when we turn 50, which is awesome. And uh, I'm thankful that I get together here with you today. And as we start this new series entitled The Way, hopefully you caught that, um, we're going to be looking today back at the last 50 years and just look at God's faithfulness. And then as the weeks to come, we're going to be looking forward to the next 50 years. So thanks uh, for joining in our little game earlier. That was fun uh, for me to, to do. I've never done that at a church, and so that was a first, right? Thanks for joining. Um, today, we're going to jump right in. So if you have your Bibles, open up with, to, with me to Isaiah chapter 63, Old Testament. And uh, we chose this passage. This passage was one that was just heavy on my heart of thinking about this um, this day, right? The day that we get to celebrate 50 years of God being faithful to us. And in this passage, uh, the people of God are in exile in Babylon, okay? Uh, you need to know that for the context sake. We'll come back to that in just a second. But uh, that's where they're at. And in the beginning of this, um, Isaiah 63, chapter, or excuse me, verse 7, I felt like was fitting for today. It says this. I will tell of the Lord's unfailing love. I will praise the Lord for all he has done. I will rejoice in his great goodness to Israel, which he has granted according to his mercy and love. He said, they're my very own people. Surely they will not betray me again. And he became their savior. And all their, all their suffering, he also suffered. And he personally rescued them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them through all the years. But they rebelled against him and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he became their enemy and fought against them. There's something I want you, two things I want you to notice as we read that this morning. One, um, and what I want to focus on this morning is God's faithfulness to us. It's very obvious in this passage that Isaiah is uh, very aware that we are not very faithful to God, right? And I, I would say that that's probably true in general of God's people in history. We've watched that unfold over and time and time again in the Old Testament, even into the New Testament. Uh, I am thankful today that God continues to be faithful to you and I. But the other thing I want you to notice, and, and this is a passage where we talk about uh, the Trinity, which is not, that word is not actually in scripture, but this is the Old Testament. This is years before Jesus was born. And yet what's he tell us in verse seven? It's the Lord's unfailing love. Verse eight, he became their savior. In their sufferings, he also suffered and he personally rescued them. And then verse 10, uh, we grieved the Holy Spirit. You see all three of God's characters in that one passage. And, and what is it tied into? His faithfulness. It's tied into him being faithful to you and I over a long history of God's people. And so this morning, as we started, I just want to stop. Uh, I, I think you heard this. I hope you heard this in the video, but uh, this church started as a prayer group. Um, it was very much founded on prayer, and we're going to stop right now and just pray. Thank God for his faithfulness. Pray with me. God, we thank you this morning. Thanks that you were faithful uh, to Adam and Eve. Thanks that you were faithful 
to Moses' Aaron. Thank you that you were faithful to David. Thank you were faithful to Jesus and his followers. Thanks for being faithful to Peter and to Paul. Thanks for being faithful to that group of people who met uh, in a house called the Noblesville Prayer Group. Thank you for your faithfulness, even when we are unfaithful. We're reminded that uh, that does not change your character this morning. It's just who you are to be faithful to us. And I pray that as we celebrate 50 years today and we remember your faithfulness, that you would continue to be faithful to us in the next 50. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the way we benefit from that. And we love you. We pray these things in your precious son's name. In Jesus' name, amen. So I I was... I guess I should read the next verse because this is where it all comes from, right? Verse 11, I get ahead of myself. Then they remembered those days of old when Moses led the people out of Egypt. I, I love this and I circled this in my own Bible. They remembered, right? I think this is the thing about God's faithfulness is sometimes we're so focused on the present and the future that we forget to pause for a second and remember what God's done for us in the past, And so this morning, we talked about this series. It was very tempting for us to just go straight into where we're going for the next 50 years. But but we have to pause for a second to remember what God has done for us in the past. And this is why. Because remembering is central to our relationship with God. It's central. It's the whole reason we see this in Isaiah, that, that they stopped and they remembered. And in the midst of a hard time in exile in Babylon, Isaiah is saying, hey, we got to stop and we have to remember who God is to us, how we got here. So I started to ask, that's one of my favorite questions to ask of you guys. It's like, hey, how did you get to, how did you get connected to White River? Because you each have a story and it's all, every one of yours is different um, and it's fascinating. So I thought I'd tell you the very short version of the really long story. I feel my wife already looking at me like, uh-huh. Like she does this thing where we're together and I'm telling a story and she'll pat me on the leg like, let's wrap it up, okay? You know, so I'm gonna do my best, all right? No taps, no taps. I don't wanna hear it, all right, over there. Um, and so it was 2014. We were pastoring a church, uh, associate pastor at a church in Illinois. And we had come to this point where um, right before summer, I'd realized this is not where God wants us. And um, I had committed to myself to walking through the next open door um, and just being faithful to that. But I was going to continue to be faithful to where we were. And so that summer, uh, we were going to do a wedding for a couple that we just absolutely adored. And it just happened to be the exact same day as my wife's birthday. Now, we had little kids at the time. And so our whole goal was to get these two hitched and then enjoy a kid-free night date night on them, right? Okay. I mean, what better thing to do than that, right? And so we get to the wedding and there's going to be a wedding coordinator. And most of the time, I'm just going to be honest with you, as somebody who's done a lot of weddings, I would rather there not be a wedding coordinator. Anyways, um, this one was great. Okay. This one was great. Her name was Tammy. Uh, and she was great outside of one thing. The entire time we're trying to organize and put this wedding together, she keeps asking me questions about my job. And I'm like, this is not time to be interrogated by a wedding planner, right? Like, I, we're trying to put this together. We're trying to do this. For, starts asking me why I'm not ordained. I'm like, how do you even know what that is? Like, stop talking to me about that. Like, I'm going to be honest. I was getting and starting to get frustrated with this person, right? I'm like, Tammy, you do your job, coordinate the wedding. I'll do my job, officiate the wedding. So she continued to ask questions about my job and my role as a pastor. 
And finally, I was just ready to like explode. And I'm like, nope, I'm just going to stay calm. And uh, we went ahead and did the wedding. Everything went out with, without a hitch. And we got on to date night, right? Uh, during date night, I got up and go to the bathroom. That's the reception, by the way. Um, when, yeah, some of you didn't catch that. That's okay. Um, right? I went to the bathroom. and come out of the bathroom. I run into a guy who I'd figure out was named Phil Heller. Now, Phil is a previous pastor of this church at the time was pastoring here. And we quickly realized that we knew somebody, a mutual, uh, mutual individual, who happened to be one of my best friends from college um, and a former student in his student ministry. And uh, so we just kind of hit it off. We talked for a couple minutes, uh, walked away from that conversation thinking that was that, back to date night. And uh, the next day, Phil, this number, I get this random call from Indiana, so I answer it, and it's Phil, and Phil uh, tells me that he's been thinking about me, which is a weird way to start a conversation with somebody you just met, right? Especially outside of a bathroom. Anyways, uh, thanks, you know, like, I don't know, where do we go from here? Um, And uh, he said, hey, we have this uh, role open right now at our church for middle school pastor, and I think you'd be a great fit for that. Would you be interested in interviewing? I had told God I'd walk through any open door. So I said, yeah, I would love to. He said, I said, what's the, you know, what's the first step of that? He's like, well, you're going to have a first uh, initial phone conversation with our next gym pastor. Her name's Tammy Calstead. And I'm like, that's not wedding planner, Tammy, is it? He said, yeah, that's that. She did the wedding planning yesterday at the wedding. I'm like, yeah, okay, great. (laughs) Awesome. So my first act of interviewing at White River Christian Church was to call Tammy Cowsett and apologize for being a jerk at the wedding because I was so frustrated with her, who happened to be the next-gen pastor here. That's how I got here. But when I look back on that story, what I see now is God's faithfulness. Because you see, and I didn't tell this at first service, but somebody walked up and asked the long version, and then I was reminded, that was my wife's hometown that we were pastoring in. We lived probably a quarter of a mile away from her parents, probably a mile and a half away from her twin sister. There was no way that we were going to move away from that town unless God convinced her that this is where we were supposed to come. And I remember we got done interviewing through the interview weekend, and and I looked at her. We had not talked about it because I was scared to talk about it, right? She looked at me and goes, honey, this is the job that was made for you. I can see it in your eyes, something I haven't seen for two years. Let's do this. And that, that, that was God's faithfulness to us. And when I look back on that, I can see that so clearly. And what Isaiah is, is taking the moment to say, hey, listen, we can all look back right now and see this so clearly. You and I today can look back and see this so clearly. Then they remembered the days of old when Moses led his people out of Egypt. They cried out, where is the one who brought Israel through the sea with Moses as a shepherd? Where is the one who sent his Holy Spirit to be among his people? Where is the one whose power was displayed when Moses lifted up his hand? And the one who divided the sea before them, making himself famous forever. Where is the one who led them through the bottom of the sea? They were like fine stallions racing through the desert, never stumbling, as with Uh, cattle going down into a peaceful valley, the spirit of the Lord gave them rest. You led your people, Lord, and gained a magnificent reputation. You see, he points back to something that's pointed back to so many times in the Bible. This is a story that our faith in his faithfulness is founded on. 
God did this. In his faithfulness, he chose Moses and Aaron to go back and rescue his people. In his faithfulness, he sent plagues uh, to change Pharaoh's heart. In his faithfulness, he changed Pharaoh's heart and released them. In his faithfulness, he led them to the Red Sea. And in his faithfulness, he split it so they could walk through on dry ground. And in his faithfulness, he eventually led them to the promised land where they could have rest in a land flowing with milk and honey. That was all as a result of his faithfulness. I finished the book of Numbers this past week. <laughs> and um, I got done reading about their wandering. And, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I was like, the, the people of God are a bunch of morons. You're being led by a pillar of smoke by day and fire by night. Anybody had that happen? No. Come on. You're going to be led by that, and then you're going to be like, I'm so hungry. So God decides to provide you manna every single morning. This is my, my son's dream, that he would just wake up, roll over, and there's food at the side of his bed, Right? You experience that for days. And they're like, we're thirsty. And he provides water from a rock. Twice. Anybody seen that happen? Not me. And then, and then this is the best part, right? This is the part where I just got really frustrated in my Devo time when we got to the story where they're like, we're so tired of manna. We got to eat fish in Egypt. Could we have some meat? I'm like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you people? He sends all the quail they could ever eat and fetch. Some of them ate so much that it's recorded that they died. And I'm sitting there like, God, how do you deal with people like this? And then the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear, hey, you're one of those morons. Oh. Thanks, right? <laughs> you just like them. You're unfaithful when I'm continually faithful. You're so busy looking forward, you never even thought about what I just did. Maybe I need to read numbers again. See, Isaiah is not the only one who asked us to remember. Jesus asked us to remember. This is something we do. This is, this is where the lances of Moran part comes in, right? Luke chapter 22 says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which was poured out as a sacrifice for you. And I sit down here and take the Lord's Supper again to remember. And what do I do? I pray over the same things I prayed over last week. Because it is in our nature to be unfaithful to him because of the sin that we're affected by. And yet every week he meets us with faithfulness. It's why we take the Lord's Supper every week because you need reminded every, you know what? You need reminded every day. Jesus said, when you break bread 
I don't know about you, I do that three times, sometimes four times a day, okay? Fourth meal. Every single time. Why we need to be reminded? Because we are that fickle and unfaithful. Because it's that hard for us to live up to the faithfulness that he has in and of himself. And yet he's given us that opportunity because every single time we get to stop and remember. And today, as we turn 50, I thought we'd just take a split second to remember how God's been faithful to White River. Just a split second. If you come back today at 3.30, you're going to hear more of this. There's a video, another video we put together of some testimonies of people who were here since the beginning. One of those such stories was that right after we built the, the very first building, you saw a picture of it in there, we have the gravel parking lot around it. Well, apparently in Noblesville, there's an ordinance that only so long can a gravel uh, parking lot exist around a structure until you have to pave it. They didn't know that. Right, so here they are, they've just, by an act of God, built a building and they have a gravel parking lot and they get a notice from the city of Noblesville saying, you have to pave that by this date. $10,000 in 1970 something. And you heard Janet say it, we had to trust in God's faithfulness. And somehow, 30 to 35 families came up with $10,000 and paved the parking lot, and it just kept rolling from there. Because it's his faithfulness that we trust in. Or a couple years ago, when we hit a worldwide pandemic. You guys remember that? Yeah, me too, right? Jeez. Everything was tight. Finances, food. And we had more people than we'd ever had coming to the food pantry. Fred got a call from a local organization that was offering us $75,000 grant to use for our food pantry. It's one caveat. You can't share Jesus. I don't know if you knew this or not, but every bag of food that goes out that door has Jesus on a sheet of paper in it. Every time they walk in the door, they, they get to hear about Jesus and be prayed over and walk through the food pantry with someone who loves Jesus. And so our elders and our staff, we, we hesitated. We, we took time to pray. And as they often do, your elders came back with scripture. We don't live on bread alone. And so we said, no. I kid you not, within days, we had another organization come to us and say, hey, we want to deliver $70,000 each week of refrigerated goods in a semi to your parking lot for the foreseeable future. If that's not God's faithfulness, I don't know what it is. It was crazy, guys. A semi parked there. The first stop of the food pantry was to stop by the semi and get the frozen food. It was, it was crazy to watch. We, God continue, continues to be faithful to allow us to, to connect with people, for them to belong here, for us to, this past week, I had to baptize two people right over there on a Tuesday afternoon. A lot of y'all were busy doing work and doing other things, and this isn't to my glory whatsoever, right? This lady doesn't know how long she's gonna have to live and wanted to get right with Jesus, and we did it right there in the front row of that pew, and then we baptized her. And I tell you what, there's four of them all together, and that... I drained that tub before they came out of the bathroom from changing because they were having so much fun. 
I'm like, I felt left out out here. Like, y'all, tell me what you're talking about, you know? (laughs) I'm just watching the tub drain. It's a Tuesday. Fred just got back from DJ, just got back from a mission trip in Panama and Africa where we continue to get to build the kingdom of God because God is faithful to White River. And because you guys are faithful to show up and be a part of it, we cannot stop remembering because it's so central to our relationship with Jesus. And so it begs the question, when has God been faithful to you? How has God been faithful to you? I love it. We got the student ministry in the house this morning. Thanks for being here, kiddos. And these guys, some of them have, some of them have not. These guys have not lived enough life to see God's faithfulness. But you know what? Every single one of them over there have parents. Parents who've seen God's faithfulness. So if you're a parent here this morning, I'll encourage you to do before the day is out, sit with your kids and tell them a time how God was faithful to you. My wife, she does this all the time. She asks these questions right before I come to preach. And I'm like, thanks for that, right? She said, honey, what about, what about those who just accepted Jesus? What about what, how, what faithfulness? Maybe they don't have parents that, that know Jesus. Listen, here's your track record of God's faithfulness. Listen, did the people of Israel stay in exile in Babylon? No. Why? Because God's faithful. Because he is who he says he is, and he's going to do what he says he's going to do. You and I, we're not home yet. Shoot. Didn't expect that to come. got word this past week that a little boy that we visited in Haiti, special needs, Gilbert, he passed on. That boy rode a tricycle because his body was so deformed he could barely walk. He don't need a tricycle today because God is faithful. This is not your home. He's not done with you. If you're here, there's a job to do. And for the next 50 years, we want to meet God at his faithfulness and do whatever it is he calls us to do. What that looks like, I have no idea, but I can't wait. I can't wait. But this morning, we want to pause and just say thank you for your faithfulness. Because God has been faithful to Israel, he has been faithful to this church, and he has been faithful to you and I. Amen. God, thank you for your faithfulness. I look back at a 16-year-old kid who knew there had to be more than this, this world. And you were faithful to him on a campus in East Tennessee. God, yeah, I look back at a group of people who were just praying for Noblesville because they wanted to see your kingdom come and you were faithful to them. And God, right now, we're a church that's celebrating a birthday of 50 years and we trust and know you're gonna be faithful to us for another 50. And so as we pause for a moment just to remember 
we want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being faithful to us, even when we are unfaithful. Second Timothy tells us that it's because that is who you are. You are a faithful father who loves us. And so help us today just to stop, to pause for a moment and to remember your faithfulness to us and to give thanks. We do that in Jesus' powerful and precious name. Amen.